Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with a Schizophrenic. I'm your host, Duncan Samuel Singham, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming back Joshua. I spoke to Joshua a few, I think it was last month. Um, Joshua is 25 from North Carolina, he's got schizophrenia and dissociative um, diagnosis. Um, in the last episode that we talked, he gave a history of um, what led him, what led him to this, uh, then to the present day with regards to his mental health history. And today we want to talk more about Joshua's psychosis symptoms, um, how it affects his life. Um, and we're just going to delve into that. Um, so hopefully this should be quite interesting for folks to understand more about what a person goes through when they're psychotic, how they react to the real world, um, and things like that. So Joshua, welcome back. How are you doing, man? Well, thank you. Uh, I'm doing fantastic, my friend. It's it's a good morning so far. It's a good morning so far. Uh, thank you for having me back. Uh, last time I came, yeah. I was able to put down a lot of weight that I was carrying, and it felt real good. So I'm, I'm very happy to be back. I feel privileged to be back on your show. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, my friend. But I'm, I'm okay. How are you? Thank you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm good, man. It's getting a bit colder here in Scotland. Um, got the heating on. <laughs> you know, just just trying to get through the late autumn now. Um, but it's all good. I um, it's I love I love living here. It's really relaxing for me. That's good. We've had the opposite <laughs> problem down here. It's been eighty yeah, all I week. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been eighty is it, degrees. Is it, um, What's the season then? Uh, so it's technically winter. What, what um, season is it with you? So it, it's winter for us right now, but uh, I live in the south where it typically stays mm. hot for longer. Um, it'll probably cycle off between 80 degrees yeah. and somewhere around 65 until January, in which case we'll get about a week of cold. <laughs> and then it'll be back to spring. Um, the south yeah. doesn't stay cold for very long. <laughs> mm Okay. Okay, Joshua, let's let's start. I don't All know right. how you want to begin, but you could perhaps talk about your early symptoms or it's up to you how you wanna how you wanna do this. Um and I'll just interject if um if I feel like something interests me or I, I wanna ask more um about it. Okay. So So it's over to you now. Why thank you. Um so for uh for the, the general sake of the conversation, I believe that what I suffer to be a Wendigo psychosis, which is a, a, a type of psychosis that was first sighted back in the Algonquin days, back in Native American times. Um, the Wendigo is a, a cryptid, a creature of uh, mass destruction from Native American folklore that is accompanied by feelings of intense cold, uh, cannibalism, and, uh, and generally speaking, wrongdoing. Um, I am not a cannibal in the truest sense. How I, 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 however, while while experiencing psychosis, do become a bit of a social cannibal. Um, my psychosis is accompanied by feelings of extreme cold. In July, when it is 95 degrees, I am often seen wearing a jacket. Um, I am often seen wearing a scarf, my little scarf, my disassociation scarf that I wear to hide. Um, <laughs> I'm always cold. I'm always cold, and I've always been cold. Um, I I started experiencing hallucinations very, very young. 
I began hearing voices very, very young, tactile hallucinations a little bit older. Um, but the cold feeling was always around and it would come and it would go, but it would always return. Um, when experiencing psychosis, when it fully takes hold of me and it grabs hold of my, my body, mind and spirit, um, I become a social cannibal in the sense that I uh, take great pleasure in the suffering of others. I'll often use insecurities that I'm aware of against people. I will be completely out of character and destroy relationships. Um, and I will be conscious of all of these things and yet powerless to stop them. Um, I consider myself to be a bit of an empath. I enjoy sitting with people while they work stuff out. I enjoy helping people through their problems. I really genuinely do. But when the psychosis takes hold, what ends up happening inevitably is that the information that I learn from the people I'm hanging out with or the people that I'm helping uh, eventually ends up being used against them, against my own will. It is terrifying. And I've become an enemy to many a person who I had no intention of becoming an enemy to. Um, it's very much a synaptic switch. It is my brain begins to work differently. It is I become a monster straight up and completely honest with you. And I'm always accompanied by an overwhelming feeling of cold. My hands will shake. I'll wear jackets in July. It's uh, it's really quite rough. It's really quite rough. Now, I attempt to curtail these feelings, of course. But the funny thing about psychosis is uh, it changes every time. It's onset, for me at least, is it'll change. It'll act in different ways. Different things will trigger me into feeling like this monster. Different things will trigger me into being a monster. Like sometimes, like I've been stood up before and had that trigger me. I've had, like I mentioned last time, I've had people die and had that trigger me. I've had... Uh, I've had intense feelings of anger trigger me um, into becoming this creature that I do not agree with, this creature that I do not appreciate. Um, you asked me last time if there was any sort of – I used the phrase survival tactic. I forget which phrase uh, you actually used. I'm sorry. But uh, you asked me if there was any sort of uh, belief that I held about this condition. And to be honest with you, my belief is that I am – uh, demonized by a force older than me and more powerful than me, often. Um, that that German phrase "Schadenfreude," the 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 pleasure derived from seeing others suffer, a kind of sadism in a way, um, is not me nine times out of ten. The kicker is that tenth time. That tenth time, I become somebody entirely different, somebody that I ran from for years via you know drugs and alcohol and in general degeneracy um because i was scared of my own emotional well-being i was scared i was scared um and then eventually you just kind of get tired of your own bullshit <laughs> which of course leads me to you here today um yeah i i'm a monster when i'm when i'm in psychosis my friend i really truly am i you know um Joshua, you know, I just want to, I, I think the last time we spoke, um, do you feel that, um, you know, when you're in public, um, this causes an issue in that you can't be your normal self? Um, do you think, do you think that is true, that you, you struggle to be 
who you want to be in in maybe a different in a strange situation in public i would say uh yes i do feel that way so i i suffer from what's known as agoraphobia it's a fear of stressful situations for me it manifests as i hate being in public i'm a complete and total recluse i'm not on social medias i'm not on uh, I don't go outside, really. I don't go to bars. I don't hang out with people. I've never hung out with people. Like, I'll have friends. We talk once every six months. The only friend that I speak to regularly, I also happen to be in love with. Um, so it's very, it's uh, a different kind of vibe. Um, but I'll have friends I don't speak to for eight months at a time. They ask me to hang out, and I say yes, but then bail out. Um, I don't like going outside. I, I feel as if there's always a pane of glass in between me and the environment around me. I always feel as if I'm in some sort of uh, observation tank. Um, and I always feel as if I need to mirror the vibe and the energies of those around me in order to be valid within a space. I don't feel as if I have my own, I have my own personality, my own central identity, right? Um, but I don't feel as if I am powerful enough in that energy or in that vibe to make it my own. If that makes any sense to you. Um, so, so psychosis, I believe is a malaise of the spirit and the mind. So this is, it's, you know, it's something it's beyond the brain. So, you know, when I was in my twenties, I also had social anxiety. Um, I, I I would need to drink or smoke. You know, back when, when I was in my 20s, I smoked because I was anxious. Um, in my 40s, I smoke because it's pleasurable. You know, that, that's the difference. Um, but when I was in my 20s, it was because of anxiety. Um, you know, because I think there's a... I, th I think... As a schizophrenic, um, you know, as someone with a severe mental health condition, it takes us longer to be, it takes us longer to mature in a way, um, but but we reach a level which surpasses the normal mature person um, because of what we go through. So, it, you know, it takes, so we struggle, you know, in early adulthood, because because it's affecting our spirit and mind but eventually when we do get get to a place of calm and serenity we actually we're actually more advanced than than regular people so we, we've got like a longer curve but do you, do you understand what i mean i do understand what you mean and what you're saying i hope to be the truth um i i really genuinely do now i I'm of the belief um, that because schizophrenics and because similarly suffering mental ill people, because hallucinations are present in BPD as well, um, that because we're able to struggle the way that we do, um, we unlock like a deeper empathy. We're able to understand more. We're able to withstand more. We're able to, when we decide to sit with people and we decide to help them through their things, we we have a sort of... Um, a different gear I've noticed. So as of late, I've actually become the manager on a Discord server um, for mental health, for uh, people who suffer hallucinations. 
um, and it's a subsidiary group of the Hearing Voices Network, if you're familiar. Um, it's a it's a psychiatric movement that is, while it's pro-psychiatric, yeah. it allows for all beliefs of the condition to be to exist and be valid. And I've learned quite a bit about myself. Um, it's been it's been really quite lovely um, being able to sit and help people through their things. And I and I believe that because I've suffered the way that I have, and because I did so much in silence, um, I have a, a different uh, temerity. I have a more uh, hardened, you know, I, I'm able to withstand more. Um, I do genuinely hope that I'm able to achieve a serenity because as it feels now, it feels nigh impossible. Um, and I understand that's youth, you know what I mean? We, but, you know, young people tend to think that the world is yeah, what it is now. Um, you know, um, when I was younger, one problem I had was that I thought I was the only person in the world to be going through this. And it helps so much when you realize, you know, there's not many, not many people like us or, or go through severe mental health, but there are other people and we do have familiar experiences. And I think that is so helpful. It's so helpful. You know, it's, um, it's been the most helpful aspect of, of my recovery. So there are three phases to recovery. There's early acute and recovery. Um, I believe I'm currently in the recovery phase from my most recent stint of psychosis. It lasted for nine months. Uh, the recovery is very slow going. Um, but the ability – so in my in my server, we have people from Germany. We got people from South Africa. We got people from Canada. And we're all able to bond and share with each other. And it's really quite beautiful because, it, you know, you hear so much about social isolation. You hear so much about, um, you know, kind of the, the reclusive nature that I personally have. Um, that it's really quite nice to see people willing and able and to, to just be honest and open about how it is that they suffer. It's really been great for me. I was told in therapy that the most pop, that the most important human emotion is hope. And the coolest thing about hope is that it often stems from empathy. You know what I mean? By being able to understand things, by being able to emotionally reconcile um, you're able to inspire a sort of hope in yourself by just simply seeing the brighter side. When you see the brighter side of things, it seems as if you can keep going a little bit easier. Um, and just the, the ability to bond with people, you know what I mean, has been, has been fascinating. It's been fantastic. Um, you know, and it's all been online, which is pretty cool. I don't have to even leave the house. You know, um, Joshua, do you, do you want to talk about something? Yeah. Do you want to talk about your hallucinations? Yes. Yes, I would. So I actually uh, have to correct the record. Um, last time I was on your show, I mentioned that my first hallucination, my first visual hallucination, was a group of four shadow children running around me in circles in the basement. And I must correct the record because my mother uh, brought up a, a separate hallucination I had when I was a child. So when I was around the age of two or three, somewhere in that age range, I became best friends with a squirrel, a squirrel that nobody else could see. The squirrel had a name, the squirrel had a personality, the squirrel and I were best friends. Um, this hallucination lasted for three years, and when I was five, the squirrel died, and I made everybody in my family hold a funeral and speak. Um, and everybody went along with it because they thought I was just imaginative, but the squirrel was as real as you and I, to me. 
Um, and so that technically is my first visual hallucination. And then after that, the Shadow Children came. And after that, they consolidated into a large form named Ziggy, uh, who still terrorizes me to this day. Um, my first auditory hallucinations. Would you like my first one or the ones I currently suffer from? Let me ask you that. So talk about whichever ones are more significant. Okay. So I'll talk about the ones that I currently suffer. Um, visually, I still am visited by Ziggy, who's uh, about seven foot tall, shadow person with flame red hair. He is the dominant voice in my head. He's the one that issues me commands. He's the one who is kind of the the play-by-play guy on the commentary table that lives behind my eyes. He's the one who controls the rest. He's the king of my world, um, as much as that pains me to say. Uh, most recently, um, I was I went to an amusement park about two weeks ago, and some at some point throughout the night, uh, I began being given commands, violent commands, to kick children. Um, I ended up bailing out of the amusement park before uh, it got to the point where my hands were shaking or it got to the point where, of course, I acted on anything because that's not how people behave. Um, I was able to bail out. Um, and ever since, it's just been my, my typical – I hear flashbang sounds. So I don't know if you've ever played Call of Duty, um, but the, when you throw a flashbang in that, in that game, there's yes, a very specific sound effect. I hear that at least once an hour mm-hmm. for anywhere from 45 seconds to a minute and a half. It, it's really quite, I got to like grit my teeth to get through it. Um, I hear voices. I hear whispers. I hear my name getting shouted um, from far off and away. It's a lot of the reason why I, I seclude myself is because, well, people know my name. So, <laughs> and I often find it difficult to separate people's voices from the voices in my head. So I often uh, have to ask, did you just call me? And of course, I'm always looked at like a, as if I were crazy. I'm not, but as if I were. Um, tactily, um, I feel bugs. I, I get bug hallucinations. They live in my bones and they often burrow up into the surface. Um, I feel them crawling on my skin. I feel them crawling under my skin. I feel them digging through my, my, my marrow. Um, I, I feel as if I have porous bones from the bugs that live in my, in, in my body. Uh, because they've, they dug such intricate tunnels that now they can get from my ankle to my neck in seconds because they got this, this, this system worked out. Um, I also feel, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. They're, like they're smart. Like, I know. It's kind of, it's kind of funny because, yeah, it's kind of, you, because, yeah, like you're, you're thinking this is their current state of play. Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, they've got all the tunnels there already sort of thing. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and it took them years. <laughs> to, to to dig the tunnels out and to get these systems. So now that I'm finally getting around to taking care of them, it's yeah. they've already got it all figured out. They got it on easy street. You know what I mean? It's like I'm it's like I'm yeah. I'm invading an armory. You know what I mean? It doesn't it's not going to go well. They already got it all situated. You know you you know we can see the the lighthearted side, but you know I think um, what you're not saying. And what this is a lot with people with uh, psychosis is that it's actually a hell of a torture, isn't it? It's not pleasant. 
what you go, when, you know, what you go, you know, people think that like once this interview is over, we just relax. No, no. we're still going through the symptoms, you know? So I, I think it's like a, I think that's, that's why we need to raise awareness because it's a hellish experience that is chronic. Um, you know, so I think, I think that's worth saying. To be it it is very you. much worth saying to put it into perspective. Uh, we began this, this interview at 10 AM. I've been awake since seven o'clock because I knew I needed to wake up to steel myself emotionally to discuss these things because it isn't often that I'm able to in such an open forum. Yeah. Um, yes, I am tortured by my own brain on a daily basis. It, it hurts to go outside. It hurts to empathize. Yeah. I love to empathize, but it hurts me because I'm aware of the fact that let one thing go wrong and I'm going to use all of their information against them. It, like, it's almost like I have to keep myself on safety mode. Otherwise, I will create enemies. Um, it, it's really quite torturous. And like, for example, like I cannot because I'm, I'm diagnosed with schizophrenia. I cannot own a weapon. I cannot adopt. I would feel really, really very terrible if I were to ever have children um, because it is genetic or it's a large part genetics. Um, yeah, yeah th this 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 condition that that I suffer and that we share, um, it is very is limiting. It's damaging. Yeah. It's, and not only that, but psychosis literally damages, yeah. shrinks and causes atrophy in your brain. So I've been going through stages of psychosis my entire life. Mm. I now know them to be stages of psychosis. I used to just think I was cold and get a bit manic sometimes. But no, it's genuinely a psychosis. There are parts of my brain that are smaller, mm. that are worse off, that are damaged. And additionally, the medications that we have also cause brain damage. So it's kind of a damned if you do, yeah. damned if you don't type situation. Um, it's a either suffer yeah. in silence and try to work it out on your own. Um, and suffer that way, or go through modern channels, go through psychiatry, go through therapy, and work it out and suffer that way. But there's no way to escape it. I tried for years. I got diagnosed at 18. I ran for seven years and only got re-diagnosed at 25 because I could no longer deny it. But if I were able to still deny it, if I were, if I were able to still stay on the temptations that I was on, um, it was... You know what I mean? I would still be suffering the same ways. I would just be numb to them. And the the numbness is really kind of the, yeah. it's the, the feeling of being numb towards your own condition is really quite terrifying because as, as people, we're, we got bodies, we got minds, we got spirits. Yeah. I to... hmm. So to allow for atrophy in one yeah, area. I, th I think, I think we almost, yeah, yeah. I think we've almost got to, got to be in a little bit of denial just to get through life because, like you say, there's so many negative sides to this condition. You know, like we died 20 years earlier than a normal person. We, we, we've, got, we've got to be kind of like, well, okay, you know, it's, it's difficult to accept, really. Um, yeah. Joshua, how do you feel about this, the uh, medical system? So I live in America. The medical system here is a jungle. Um, I have been very, very lucky to have finally found therapists and psychiatrists that listen to me and that acknowledge my conditions and that take what I say at value. Um, I, however, have had rather negative experiences with the, 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 the medical system. Um, 
I am fond of the fact that there is an increasing push for mental health in my country. I am fond of the of the fact that help is readily available via online or in person. Um, I, however, think that there is a huge amount of work that needs to be done. I am much more fond of the Swedish medical system because they have specialized uh, psychosis clinics. They they understand they they don't treat it as purely a, a medicinal type. Uh, it, it is less transactional. They allow for deviations yeah. in treatment. They mm-hmm. allow for deviations in care. Whereas America, it's take the pill, go to sleep, shut up. Um, and it's yeah, uh, that's like UK as well. Really. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, a, yeah. like I'm currently in the process of applying for disability. Right. And it's going to take me nine months to even hear back a yes or a no. Um, that's wild. That's a really yeah. long time to just be broke, be have nothing going for you. you yeah, know I, I, mean? I heard in America, you need to get a lawyer and this sort of thing to argue your case. Um, yeah, that's what I've heard. And you it's do. not easy in the UK either. You, there's a long process and, and they test you every 18 months anyway. I am um, actually currently gearing up yeah. for... Joshua, a, we're coming up... We're, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say I'm gearing up for a, a state-issued psychiatric assessment. I, I'm, I'm fixing to go and get probed by the man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> really quite worrying. Joshua, we're coming up to time, so I want... Um, should we? Have you got any... Anything else to add? I mean, you, you're welcome to come back for another recording if you want. Why, thank you. That's absolutely fine. Um, is so it just in, just to finish off. Is there any like words you'd like to say? Well, um, I would like to say be nice to your local schizophrenic. Uh, we suffer in ways that you couldn't imagine. Um, to, <laughs> to a schizophrenic listening, um, I'm very sorry if you could empathize with me. Um, that's it. It's it's painful, and we're all in it together. We need each other. Um, it's it's really it's quite disturbing being mentally disturbed. Uh, and I just hope and I pray that you are able to achieve equilibrium with whatever it is that you are suffering with, in the same way that I am pursuing. Uh, that equilibrium is really the key. You need to be able to find a balance between uh, what you think, what you know. And what yeah. you want to know. It's hard. It's really hard. But uh, we just had a you mass know, shooting. And, and, we just had a mass it, shooting in America. It is hard. And, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to keep cutting you off. Um, but we just had a mass shooting in America. It took place up in Maine. There was a man who heard voices in his head. Um, and yeah, he ended up shooting, right. I believe it was 18 people uh, up in Maine just fairly recently, like this month. And I was personally hit up by people. Um making fun, making light of, uh, making insensitive comments toward me uh, because they're aware of my condition and they're aware of his. And so they thought there was a balance. Um, it's, not a, it's not a pantheon. Uh, it's not a, you know, schizophrenia is not a monolith. These, these conditions, they, they manifest very differently for everybody. Um, and I think taking the time to understand people is really what we're here for. That's it. We're here to understand. We're here to share. We're here to experience yeah, together. You know. That's beautiful, man. Thank you, brother. You know, you know, in in a in a, I, I think there are reasons to be hopeful. I do think that you know, people with schizophrenia, you've also got another diagnosis, is that we we do experience something on a spiritual level which most people don't, 
And as you say, we do have a sense of empathy. And so I, I think in, a, in, a, in many ways, you know, if we get through this, uh, this condition alive, in the, we're, we're going to be, it's good, good for our souls um, in, a, in a spiritual sense. And, and, I, and, I, and I, yeah, that's also what, what I want to say. And um, I've forgotten what else I was going to say. But anyway, um, you know, it's been a pleasure having you on, Joshua. We, you know, I think the time goes pretty quickly. So we, we can, you know, you can think about what you want to talk about in another episode and we're welcome to do another one um, maybe later this year or January or something. Um, so we can do that. Um, would, I'm going to tag some music on. What type of music would you like me to add? Well, last time I did jazz. Let's do the blues this time. I feel like it's a bit more fitting. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do the blues. Uh, thank okay. you very much for the invite. Okay, so thank you very much, Joshua. Thank you very no much, John. I had a great time. Um, okay. <laughs> thank you. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. I'll see you next time. Bye.